This is a Bible teaching podcast from www.lumen.org.uk. That's L U M I N.org.uk. The presenter is Jeff Lumley. So we come to the next line of the Lord's Prayer, which is forgive us our depending on your translation, forgive us our trespasses, forgive us our sins, forgive us our debts. And that's the only bit I'm talking about. The as we forgive those who against us is next time. So let's go right back to Genesis chapter three, of course. And Adam and Eve, the man and the woman are hiding from God. And when God finds them, he says, What is this you have done? It's an invitation to confession. What have you been doing? What have you done? And confession, actually at its heart, isn't just a negative thing. It isn't just a long list of all the wrong things we've done. I mean, perhaps, we don't know, but perhaps that's the question God might have asked them every time he met them. What have you done? Wow, God, we've been exploring your garden. We we planted some seeds over there and and we we looked at those flowers and we we've made a lovely beautiful bouquet of those flowers. What have you done? Oh, she made me do it. That's not the answer to the question, Adam. The question was what have you done? And when they realize they've done something wrong, instead of answering that with a confession, I took the fruit of the tree you said I wasn't to take, and I ate it, it becomes something where they build a barrier. She made me do it. Absolute rubbish. She couldn't make you do anything. So that's the starting point. It's a confession of what you have done. What have I been doing today? And as you think about that, there will be some good things you've done and you should talk to God about them. But there will be some wrong things, some less than good things, some not quite right things you've done. And we need to be honest with God about that because sin is not just big things, rebellion against God, putting me first. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Paul says in Romans 3.23. It's the little things too. It's the not being quite upright anymore. So it's good to come down and actually spend some time going, what have I done today? Or if you pray in the morning, what did I do yesterday? What was good? What was a little bit less than my best? And what was just basically selfish? What did I do wrong? Sin's about what we desire. Do we desire Jesus and the things of God? Or do we desire other things? What are we putting first in our life? In Matthew 5 verses verses 20 to 22, Jesus said, I tell you, that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. 
You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. So murder isn't where sin begins. Murder is perhaps where it might end if it's not checked. But sin starts with a heart attitude. That anger and that hatred and that, oh, I want to, is a sinful attitude. And that needs to be brought before Jesus. And that needs to be confessed. Forgive me that sinful attitude. Because sin separates us from God. The end result of being sinful without having been dealt with and redeemed by Jesus is to be discarded by God. The picture that Jesus uses to describe the place of the discarded dead is Gehenna, which was the great rubbish dump outside the city of Jerusalem. And these days, we hide our rubbish dumps, don't we? They're, they're behind uh, gates, and what happens in them uh, is is not visible. And there's a lot of uh, burning of rubbish in, in buildings and incinerators. But there it was just, they discarded it onto this constantly smouldering place where the burning was going on all the time. And to be thrown into that, that piece of rubbish would never come out. It would eventually sink into the fire. It would be consumed by the fire and the next piece of rubbish would be put on top. What a picture of the ultimate fate of a human being that is separated from God. But the good news is Jesus did something. In Romans 5 verse 18, Paul writes, the result of Adam's trespass was condemnation for all people because we inherit sin but the result of Jesus's act of righteousness that is his death on the cross to be the one sacrifice for sin was justification that brings life for all sin is the condition we've inherited from Adam our sins are our own actions and our own thoughts. Sin has been eternally dealt with by Jesus, and we can enter into the provision of that by accepting him. Eternally dealt with. But our sins are our day-to-day -day actions which we need to get right before God picture of a child in a family now that child is a part of that family that child is always loved always accepted always will be part of that family but one day that child in an act of defiance takes a big marker pen and completely ruins the wallpaper in the newly decorated room and it's a thousand pound damage that child has done Still a member of the family, still loved and accepted as a member of the family, but just right now he does not or she does not feel particularly welcome at the family table, does not feel particularly wanted by the family. They are in trouble 
And there's nothing that can be done until they confess, until they say sorry, until they accept the results of their action and begin to rebuild that relationship. And that is what we need to do with our day-to-day sins. Our God is loving and will forgive us the moment we say, it was me, I took the fruit from the tree you should not take, and I ate it. Oh, if Adam had only said that. It would have been different. I don't know how it would have been different. I don't know what the actual final outcome would have been, but it would have been a restoration for him that was quicker and better, perhaps, than what actually happened. But we are like Adam, and we try to hide it. And all Jesus is teaching in this line of this prayer is don't try to hide it. And that leads us on to repentance. If we have confessed, then repentance is a change of direction. Maybe for that child, it's about throwing away all his marker pens, all her marker pens, just so they don't put themselves back in that position. Repentance is a a course correction. Imagine a ship heading from, let's say, Bristol to New York. And it heads out of Bristol, and at first it's very easy. It's got Devon on its left, and it's got South Wales on its right, and it sails between the two. But eventually it leaves the Bristol Channel. It gets into the Irish Sea. No more land is visible, and beyond the Irish Sea, it's in the Atlantic. Now, it's set off in the right direction. But every few hours, probably, the captain asks the navigator to check the compass And if the ship is slightly off, there will be a course correction enacted every few hours. That is repentance. It is coming back to the Lord every few hours, at least once a day, and checking that we're on a course towards him and not away from him. And to change our actions, to change our thoughts, to change our direction towards him that is repentance it requires a time with God listening listening to him speak through scripture listening to him point to things in our lives that need to be dealt with that's good but as with all good things there is a wrong that might come from it and that's to get too bogged down oh god I'm such a sinner I'm such a sinner I'm such a sinner No, this is about correcting from now on, not constantly focusing on what's happened. Don't forget grace. You are forgiven. That which has happened is dealt with. You've brought it before God. It is forgiven. It is from now on. Course correction right now. This is where we're going. And there may be, of course, things which... However much you want, you end up coming back to and back to and back to because you are weak. Remember, there is forgiveness. There are other things you might need to do. And this talk is not going to go into them about being with other people and getting other people to help. Or even just sometimes accepting, I am the foremost of all sinners, as Paul said. And 
God's grace is sufficient and God will cover me. But don't get bogged down in the past. If God says deal with it by going to someone and apologizing, do that. But move on. Don't get stuck in the past. There is grace. Build the relationship with God. And just to finish, there are different translations of the Lord's Prayer. The, the, um, the traditional one is forgive us our trespasses. The modern one used in churches is forgive us our sins. And in uh, translations such as the NIV, it says forgive us our debts. What, what are we trying to translate? Well, I suspect all of those different words are translating a Hebrew, a Greek word that has a much bigger meaning. So let's look at trespasses. What is a trespass? To trespass is to go somewhere you should not be, to go somewhere you have no right to be. You are trespassing on someone else's property. You are straying where you do not have permission to be. You might do that accidentally because you haven't been checking your compass and you've gone off course or your map, and you've gone, of course, you might do it deliberately because you want to see what they've got. So there's deliberate trespass and there's accidental trespass, but it's still trespass. Forgive me for those times I've strayed to places I should not have been when I've done that unintentionally and when I've done it deliberately. Sin is missing the mark. It's aiming at the bullseye with your bow and arrow and hitting the outer side of the target or even missing the target altogether. And again, that can be accidental or it can be just that your skill is not up to it or it can be deliberate. Instead of aiming at that, you see someone you don't like over to the right and you aim at them instead. Sin can be by mistake, by a lack of skill, a lack of concentration, or it can be deliberate. And you see the difference between a trespass, which is to wander where you should not be, and a sin, which is to fail to be perfect. And then debts are things we owe people. Forgive me my debt. And again, it could just be, I've run out of resources. I've got nothing to give. I cannot pay this. Or it could be deliberate. I've got the money to pay this, but I'm going to go and buy a car instead. It can be a deliberate choice. It can be you have run out of resources. Forgive me my debts, whether they are because they're beyond me or because I deliberately put myself in this position. And God, when we come to God, when we pray for forgiveness, we need to be aware that all those three and more are what we're talking about. We're talking about, I've run out of resources and I cannot do this. I do not have the skill set to hit the target. I do not have the capability to hit the target. I basically not been walking close to you and I'm in a place I should not be. Or I've done it deliberately. But Jesus's blood will cover it all if we truly come to him and say, this is what I have done. Oh Lord, forgive me and help me now to set my course towards you. 
forgive us our sins, forgive us our trespasses. Our Father in heaven. Amen. This series on the Lord's Prayer is based on Jeff C. Bookney's Worn Through which you can purchase and download from books.lumen.org.uk That's L-U-M-I-N.org.uk The music is by raiseforall.wordpress.com Thank you for listening.